This is You Evangelize On Air, the official podcast of the online membership community, youevangelize.org. You evangelize because every mission needs a plan. And now your hosts, Josh Canning and Michael Dopp. Welcome to everybody. You're listening to the You Evangelize podcast with Josh Canning and myself, Michael Dopp. And today we're going to be speaking about uh, new evangelization initiatives and how we can uh, bring those forward to our pastor. Josh, it's great to have you with us this morning. It's great to be here, my friend. How are you doing? Doing very well, thank you. How about you? I'm doing really well, thanks. Still on vacation? Still on vacation, still loving it. It's going to feel like I'm on vacation for a long time. I've been on vacation for a few of these podcasts, but I'm not always on vacation. I just want people to know that. Sometimes we record more than one in a day. (laughs) Great. Well, we're glad that you're working a little bit on your vacation because we have a really great topic today that you're going to be speaking to us about. Uh, We're going to be looking at, you know, if we have an idea for a new evangelization initiative for our parish. What do we do with that? How do we bring that to our pastor? So let's dig right in, Josh, because I'm really excited to hear uh, some of the nuggets of wisdom you're going to share with us. What's the first thing we need to do? I'll just give a brief intro. I do a lot of traveling around the country and I do uh, workshops on the Alpha program. That's my day job is I'm the coordinator for uh, Alpha for Catholics. And uh, this is one of those questions that comes up a lot. How do I really get my pastor on board Uh, with this evangelization initiative, or I mean, it could be another one. And uh, it's really great. One time when we did one of these trainings, we had a pastor present and he was able to respond to them based on his perspective. And so I kind of began to unpack those steps that he gave and I added a few of my own. So the first step in uh, presenting an evangelization initiative to your pastor would be to gauge where he is at in terms of the importance of evangelization. Now, uh, the way that I would do this is just to ask him, Father, how do you think our parish is doing in terms of evangelization? And just to let him let him speak, you know, sometimes you might, uh, it depends on where your pastor's heart is at, but, you know, best case scenario, your pastor will say, oh gosh, I think we need to really evangelize and do more of it. And, oh, there's so many people around here that don't know this church and don't aren't, aren't a part of this parish. And, oh gosh, we have to, you know, go out and go out to all the margins of society and so on and so forth. That would be great. <laughs> It'd be pretty easy uh, if that's his response. But, you know, pastors, uh, sometimes their hearts are in different places. And, uh, you know, I've been a member of parishes where, you know, the horizons past the, the parish doors might not be of foremost importance to him. He might have more of a, a heart for really caring for those who are already showing up. And the only way you can find out where his heart is at is to ask him, Father, how do you think we're doing in terms of evangelization? What would you love to see happen in this area? Josh, do you think that priests, when they're approaching, you kind of begin to ask these questions. Do you think that maybe even asking the questions can help to open them up to uh, evangelization? Potentially. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's good for pastors to see the hearts of their parishioners as well. I mean, we speak about, you know, where's his heart at, but we're all called to play a really important role in our parish. You know, this is part of this concept of pastoral conversion that uh, Pope Francis talks about. We're all meant to kind of carry the load in caring for people and uh, sharing the gospel with people. So it's great for your pastor to see you know, where your heart is at in this area. And this conversation can really lead to a great mutual understanding of where values are at. And that's essentially the the second point that I want to make. So after gauging where your pastor is at, tell him your vision. Tell him why you want to evangelize, you know, and tell him why you think it's so important to evangelize. My wife and I met with our pastor, the incoming pastor of our parish, and uh, we basically just talked about how you know, our hearts are, are really, you know, for the people that don't come to church. You know, I mean, we care about people who come to church, but we know from friends of our, you know, kids' parents of the Catholic school that a lot of families don't come to church. 
And it breaks our heart. We know what it's like to, at least I know what it's like to not live in a lived relationship with Jesus. And I know what it's like to know Jesus personally. And the fact that so many people don't know him personally just kills me. You know, and, and if you feel that way, tell your pastor that. And tell him how much you want people who don't know Jesus and who aren't part of your church to experience being part of your church and knowing Christ. And just let him know that this is the, of utmost importance to you. You want everybody to experience the fullness of what it means to be in a relationship with God and to really know, you know who they are and what they're made for. Do you think many people would find that difficult to do? I mean, we're, we're usually used to priests being the ones that we would think would kind of talk that way. Is it okay for us to speak that way to our priests, to kind of speak passionately and from our heart and, and kind of casting our vision for evangelize and why we want to do it? You know, I think it's personally, I think it's a gift to our pastor for them to, to see authentically where our hearts are at. Um, you know, I think it's a, maybe a, under a sort of a, an older mentality, we might expect the pastor to be the initiator of everything, you know, the one who is in charge of caring for everybody and we're essentially the cared for. You know, but in the church's, you know, deepened understanding of the role of the lady and deepened expression of um, the role of the lady in recent decades, I think the church is really calling us to shoulder more of the load, you know, to be willing ourselves to be initiators, you know. And I think there's a lot of pastors who would actually love to see lay people, you know, being willing to initiate. Uh, I think of a time I worked with a priest and, and uh, somebody initiated something. And for him, it was such a relief. It was like, oh, so great that not everything has to come from me. Praise the Lord, you know. And, uh, you know, some pastors might even be praying for that to come from their lady to see this kind of leadership taking place. So I think it's okay. They're a gift. I think it's a good thing. And uh, you won't know until you initiate that conversation. But, you know, I say let's assume the best and and just reveal our hearts to our pastors. You know, it's a real word of encouragement, Josh, for me, and I'm sure also for many of our listeners, because we can be a little bit nervous, a little bit, maybe even afraid of having that type of a conversation with a priest. But yeah, I think you make a very good and valid point that it's good for him and he may actually want to have these sorts of conversations. So maybe that's the nudge that we need to book that appointment and go and speak to the priest. So we're looking at sort of, you know, kind of the five steps on presenting a new evangelization initiative to our pastor. Uh, the first is to kind of get a sense of, of where he's at regarding evangelization and what's going on in the parish. The second is to share our vision and, and what we feel God has put on our heart. What do we do once we've done that, Josh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, so the third step would be to tell him what you want to do about it. In other words, not, I'm not saying to tell him the plan, but to tell him what you're willing to do. And sometimes, again, this might be like, oh, but isn't that supposed to come to the pastor? No, we can paint a picture of what we see as a possible response to the need that we've expressed. And sometimes, again, that can be a real blessing. Father, we want to respond to this need by running blank, or we believe that we're, you know, called to do blank, or, you know, we just believe that, uh, you know, people in the area around our parish would respond to, you know, such and such. And, and this is why. This is why we believe in this particular program or, or approach. And I think we should have a sense and preparation for this kind of a, a meeting with your pastor, we should have a sense of what that would entail. What would be needed in terms of human resources and who might we involve in that? Who might we kind of call it into action with us? What would be needed um, in terms of parish resources, be that, you know, space, be that uh, potentially, you know, even maybe a little bit of funds for an evangelization initiative, whatever it is, we should have a sense of what what's the big picture? Because the pastor might say, hey, tell me, explain it, you know, paint the picture. This is the one of the points that uh, was, was made by this pastor in the training that I mentioned. He really said, you know, paint as clear a picture as you can so that it's it's not hard for me to, to say yes to that. 
Actually, just as we're talking about it, it reminds me of a, a workshop I went to uh, at Divine Renovation Conference, and Bishop Dowd talked about it. And he said, you know, a lot of times people try to hand a pastor a crooked nail, and they're like, you figure this out. He's like, what I would love is when people just hand a straight nail, and they're just kind of lining it up. If you can picture somebody just holding a nail, and all the pastor has to do is just give a little tap, tap, tap with the hammer, and it goes in no problem. That's kind of the thing we want to be doing. We want to make it so we've already anticipated problems or challenges and have a sense of how we would respond. And again, this isn't just telling this pastor, this is what we're doing. You know, this is how it's going to look. But it's essentially in the dialogue, being prepared to answer questions or concerns that might come up. You know, in a couple of different uh, environments that I've worked in previously, I've, I've worked with people and had people kind of working underneath me who uh, they would come and they would present a problem. Okay, this is a situation, Michael. And I say, okay, great. So what do you think we should do about it? Well, you're the boss, you're in charge, you figure it out it was sort of their attitude. And I always, I appreciate that ultimately, if you have a position of responsibility, you make the final decision. But I hired people and I had people work with me because they were intelligent, because they were creative or, or I wanted them to be. And I, I had another lady with me once. And every time there was an issue that came up, I said, well, what do you think we should do about it? Well, she said, I think these are our options. So, you know, she kind of go through three options. And I said, well, what about this? Well, and I'd say, well, is this a good option or is what about this? And she'd thought it all out. She'd, you know, done a bit of research. She looked into it. And I just, I felt like she was really taking ownership of it. She wasn't just dumping her problems on me. And then together we could kind of find the best solution as opposed to just kind of dumping the problem upstairs and saying, well, I'm not in charge, so I can't fix it. Maybe this is the same thing that we need to do with our parishes. You know, we have to have the courage to first kind of present the vision that we have. But I think often priests are said, you know, Father, this is wrong or that's wrong or we should be doing that or we should be doing this. And then it's just dumped on them as if they need to come up with all of the solutions and design the strategy and implement it and, and staff it and find the right people. I can imagine for many priests, if you came up with um, some solution to a simple problem or some evangelical opportunity that you wanted to take advantage of, that, that they would receive very well. Um, kind of a suggestion of how you could move forward and how you would participate in it. Just like, you know, using that little analogy of Bishop Dowd of, of having the straight nail that's ready to be put in as opposed to something that has to be fixed first. Absolutely. Isn't it easier to present problems? I mean, we're all experts at, at diagnosing problems, and that's great. But it's a spirit of collaboration we want to have with our pastors. And we don't just want to dump on them. I mean, we want to care for and love our pastors and not just say, hey, this is what's wrong. And by the way, we're terrible at evangelization and our neighborhood's completely unevangelized. And hey, what are you going to do to fix that? Rather, you know, Father, we want to be your co-workers. We want to be your co-laborers in this vineyard. We want to work and we want to collaborate with you. What do you think? You know, what what can we do? How can we be part of and as a church respond to this, the challenges within our culture together? Mm -hmm. You know, it, it seems almost like there's kind of two false ways we can respond to it. One is we either just dump the problem on the priest. Or the second is that we sort of think that we have to fix it ourselves. And we don't sort of lay it down at his feet because he is the pastor. He's ultimately responsible. But it's kind of that middle way of saying, I want to be part of the solution, but working, you know, within sort of the boundaries that the pastor gives and uh, trusting his discernment and the leadership that he has uh, within the parish. So when we've done that, Josh, we've spent some time listening to him. We've presented to him the burning desires of our heart for parish renewal. And then we present something concrete we present something practical we we lay out you know the resources and the, and the people that would be necessary why we think it would be effective and we've kind of made that presentation then it would seem like the balls are kind of in his court and we would probably need to answer some questions and and dig into the details a bit but let's assume that that he gives us the green light 
what's next? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, as I say, in a, in a spirit of collaboration, we want to be willing to listen to what his ideas are and, and in a sense, not have uh, preconceived outcomes for the meeting itself. But the pastor may ask you, you know, he, say, he might say, hey, I love your idea. I love your plan. I'm supportive of it. What do you need from me? And that's another thing we want to have thought through. What is the role the pastor could play in this type of a program or plan? And you want to give him some options. You know, you want to be able to say, imagine his response was, I'm totally bought in and I want to be a part of it. What can I do? Well, what would be the best case? You know, how would you like to involve the pastor in that? Another option might be, hey, I'm very supportive of this type of activity. I'm super busy and I have a whole bunch of other stuff on the go. I'm not you know, able to commit. So what do you need from me? What would be the sort of a minimum uh, need for the pastor? And maybe it's just simply a thumbs up. You know, Maybe it's to appear at one or two of the meetings or whatever it is you're doing and just to be present enough that people can see him. You know, Whatever it is, you might want to provide him some options so that he can say, this is my, my level of commitment and this is how I'm going to support you know, it's really worth thinking that through carefully because priests often, you know, as with all of us, are busy and time is a limited resource. It's a scarce resource. And I think there was a mentality in many parishes that, you know, if the priest really believed in it, he had to come to everything. He had to be there. And if he wasn't there, it didn't really matter to him. And yet I think there's a new way of thinking that, which is or a new way of thinking of this, which is what's the best way for the priest to use his time? If you want to have a Eucharistic adoration where people are invited in off the street to come in and pray and leave prayer intentions. Obviously, it's vital that the priest be there to expose the Blessed Sacrament, to offer benediction, maybe to hear confessions. But if you're running, you know, a faith study or a, or a book group or something, it's not necessary for him to be there. Yeah, it would be great if he showed up and that is a way to show his encouragement and support. But I've heard people in, in the parish nagging the priest or arguing with other people in the priest, but well, he, he only comes to our meetings once a month instead of every week. But really, there's many gifts that the pastor has as a priest that are better used than sitting at meetings. And of course, these are initiatives and not just meetings that you're suggesting. But the point I'm trying to make is that we really want to respect the time and the gift of the priest so that it can be used most effectively for the parish itself. But it's also, I think, can be reminding you know our pastor that if this is going to be the core or the heart of the new evangelization initiative activity within the parish, that it really is important that he make that a priority in his life. So people see that if something isn't a priority for a priest, it's hard for parishioners to get on board with it. But if they really say, no, this is where he wants to put his time and energy. And I think people are more willing to kind of commit to it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, it goes again to, uh, as we're saying, you know, recognizing the gifts that the lay people have. We have to recognize the gifts and the time that the pastor has. And there has to be a mutual sort of care there. And so, yeah, exactly. I mean, if our best case scenario, which might be the priests involved in every session, can't take place, that's okay. You know, and we have to recognize that. Something that, though, could be a great uh, support, and this is something you may want to mention to your pastor, is that he does extend his invitation, even if he's not there, but extend his invitation to come to this type of activity from the pulpit. You know, it's really, that can be a great boon to programs when you're trying to evangelize those in the pew, that the pastor express that it's important, you know, either in the context of a homily, in the context of announcements, you know, uh, whatever, but to see that his stamp of approval on it can go a long, long way. So that might be something you ask your pastor is, Father, will you invite people to this um, from pulpit. And I know of churches, actually believe a pastor is not directly involved in Alpha himself, but he actually lifts up the Alpha program uh, in the prayers of the faithful. And they pray for people who are going through Alpha. That's huge. You know, I think that gives a strong sense of support from the pastor and a desire for it to succeed, even if he's not able himself to be in attendance. I think that's 
that's a wonderful thing. So you might suggest those as some options to the pastor. Excellent, Josh. Excellent. So if if the pastor and you kind of have these conversations and everything's a go and you begin to run the initiative, what happens? What do you think is the next important step to happen? So the last step, I would say, is to report to him on it regularly. So in our context, in our parish, my wife and I organized the Alpha program. So we'll, uh, you know, it started with a dinner meeting with our pastor. You know, we invited him out to a restaurant and, you know, luckily he had time to join us when he was just a new pastor. And so we told him about the vision and our hopes for uh, for our parish, and he was completely supportive, though not in attendance. Uh, he gave what he could, which was great. Halfway through the program, because it is an 11-week program, we uh, met with him to let him know how things are going. And then at the end, we do a, a sort of a wrap-up short kind of coffee meeting to let him know what were some of the fruits we saw, what was wonderful, what is some potential follow-ups uh, for members, and what's the plan for next time? You know, why would we like to continue to happen? What could be better? So you've established a line of communication with the pastor, and I think that has to continue to be an open line of communication so that, that the pastor can have a sense of what is happening at his parish and what's good. And again, if you want to have support for future initiatives like that, you're going to want him to really know what the effect was of doing that kind of a program. I feel like I should also mention, I didn't mention this in my in my steps, but one of the things we should think about too when we're approaching our pastor is uh, what's a good time to approach him? I, I feel like this should be an earlier one, but some of you might be thinking, okay, cool. So I'm going to bring this to my pastor after mass. So when we're all kind of exiting out, I'm going to try to grab them and pull them aside then and talk about it. Well, that might not be the best time. You know, it might be the time to at first mention the topic and maybe say, maybe I could give you a call and book some time to come to your office, you know, at your leisure and maybe we could talk about it. That's probably a much better way of dealing with it than trying to catch them on the fly and have this conversation. This is just basic sort of courtesy and setting yourself up for success. But to see when there's some dedicated time the pastor can set aside to have a conversation like this and to be able to fully present the idea to him. But yeah, in doing that, Josh, that also communicates the importance of what you want to talk to him about. If something's really, really important, you don't talk about it with a priest for 15 seconds after Mass when he's got 20 other people that want to talk to him. So by scheduling an appointment, by coming in on a Tuesday morning at 1030, I think that in itself says the priest, there's something important that this person wants to discuss with me. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. And I'll tell you one little hack. This is just my own uh, uh, way of doing things. But when I meet with a pastor, whether at my own church or somewhere else, a little thing that I like to do is to actually bring a couple of coffees with me. I'll bring a little Tim Hortons or a Starbucks coffee. And I find that's just a nice way of even just sort of setting the stage. A little bit of hospitality, which is also what our program is about. You know, when you got a coffee there, it's kind of a little bit more comfortable to sit and linger and talk a little bit further. Maybe he doesn't drink coffee, but he'll still appreciate the thought. Um, but that's that's a Josh hack you can use if you like. And then you'll drink his if he doesn't drink it. You know what? While we've been recording this podcast, as you know, I've had several coffees. So that's, uh, that's another win-win. It's a great thing. Listen, Josh, this has been really informative and I think very practical because at some point we have these desires, these dreams in our heart, and we wonder how can we actually make this happen to parish? And you've laid a bit of a plan for us. So the first thing is to just get a sense of timing and, and where the priest is at. Then we can present our vision and our, our dream to the priest. We can uh, give him the specifics of you know the idea, the initiative itself, concretely what it would look like. Have a discussion with him about that. It may be a discussion at a moment. It may be over the course of email, over the course of several weeks or even a month or two. Uh, look at the way that he can be involved. And then once it's launched, uh, you know, stay in regular contact with him. So that's fantastic. 
Any final uh, thoughts or any uh, parting wisdom for uh, those that are listening to the podcast today? You know, I think that we have to approach this really assuming the best of our pastors. We really don't know how he's going to respond. And, you know, for members of You Evangelize, I mean, we're passionate about this topic. We want the best case. We want we want to see transformation happen in our parish. We want to see people coming to know Jesus all over the place and all the time. So it can be a very charged thing. But I would say, you know, before a meeting like this, you may really want to just take it to prayer, ask the Holy Spirit to guide you and to guide your conversation, to prepare your heart for the meeting, to prepare your pastor's heart for the meeting. We may ask your guardian angels to intercede for you all throughout the process and assume the best. We don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, maybe we'll get a great green light. Maybe we'll get a yellow light. Maybe we'll get a red light. You know, it's hard to it's hard to know before it happens. But I would say assume the best. Assume you're on the same page. Assume that you both have a heart for, for the lost uh, in your parish and in your area of the world and uh, and proceed from there. Beautiful. That's that's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for uh, sharing your wisdom from your own experience, Josh. This really is born out of you meeting and speaking with dozens of pastors uh, you know, across North America uh, in the work that you do, but also doing it in, in your own parish. And I know you've been very successful in the work you have done in your own parish. Just want to let all, of our, all the people listening to this podcast know that if you want more information about uh, how to evangelize and learning about the work of evangelization, you can visit youevangelize.com. Org. Uh, if you're not a member already, you can look into becoming a member where there's all sorts of great resources that will really prepare you to be effective in evangelizing, in particular in your parish. To all those that have listened, thank you so much for your time, and we look forward to uh, being with you again. God bless you. You've been listening to You Evangelize On Air. For more resources on how you can become the evangelist that God has made you to be, visit us at youevangelize.org. And please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Until next time, God bless.